Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Review with Roman. Today is Friday, June 1st, 2018. Thank you so much for listening in. We are broadcasting live at Mutiny Radio. We're in San Francisco, California. We're on Ohlone land. And thank you so much for listening in. We have a good show for you today, so thanks again for listening in. We have a guest coming up in a little bit, uh, Lola Davina, and very much looking forward to speaking with Lola more in a bit. So usually I begin the show with a little bit of a rant, a few things that are on my mind, many things that are on my mind, and odds are within the next few minutes I'll probably get very upset and have to take a few deep breaths, and that's going to be okay. It's difficult to find exactly which things to begin with, and this is a news and current events program, and as per usual, we will start off with a trigger warning in that we'll be discussing some things today that may be deeply upsetting. I know they're upsetting to me and may very well be deeply upsetting to some other folks as well. So I wanted to begin the show with that, just to put that out there. And I spent a few days in the woods and it was wonderful. And I was able to connect with some folks I hadn't seen in a while. And it was also really great to not have a screen in front of me as I do for a lot of the time and to not be inundated with so much of what's happening in the world. And it's very difficult to witness. It's important that we witness it and also find ways to take action. And at the same time, I myself, I can only speak for myself. Sometimes I find myself getting numb and getting very angry and feeling like it's insurmountable. And having a little bit of time away, even a few days away, I was able to <sighs> regain some inner peace if, if that exists and to take a few deep breaths and to take some time, and that was that was helpful. Oftentimes we begin the show with a few news stories, and there's a lot, and usually throughout the show we, occasionally there's a positive news story we get to, and I don't want to uh, forget that, that there are a lot of good things happening, and so many people out there are doing really important work, and some positive things are happening, and it's difficult to forget that when we hear about things that law enforcement are doing and the government is doing, things that citizens are doing. There have been a number of gay bashings reported, and it's the thing where a lot of folks have always been advocating for oneself and reporting these, and there's definitely been an uptick in hate crimes. And it seems that a lot of folks now feel very emboldened, and there's an onslaught of them. And these are just the ones that we hear about. There are a lot of, a lot of occurrences that we don't even hear about. So wanting to provide space for that as well. And understanding the fear that's out there. A lot of folks are are living in fear just to be themselves. And how can we create a world where that isn't the case? It seems a lot of things are backwards. But I do want to start off with some, at least things moving in the right direction, if if we can. And one is, I won't read the full article, but just to announce that from Bloomberg, there was an article that uh, Boeing South Carolina workers have voted to unionize in a rare labor win. And we know that the number of folks in the United States in unions has gone down in the 60s. It was, I don't remember the exact amount, but now I feel like it's down to 10 or 11% for folks in the United States. And before it was at least, I want to say at least three or four times that, if not more. So there's been major attacks on workers. And within the past few weeks, there was also was a 
I believe, Supreme Court court decision or a, a decision that was against the workers that would not allow folks to sue their employers, something along those lines. And we continue to see more and more attacks against workers. And so when folks are able to unionize, that's a really, really good thing. So wanting to announce that as well and to remind folks that there are some positive things that are happening. And here in San Francisco yesterday, there was a, there's often actions and rallies. And this one happened around 24th and Valencia. Uh, activists blocked a tech bus commute. Uh, there are several tech buses and uh, they blocked them with the e-scooters. And for folks who aren't, uh, who do not live here in the Bay Area, there have been a number of electric scooters that have suddenly appeared. And there it wasn't a very well thought out plan because people are leaving these scooters when they're done with them pretty much anywhere. Oftentimes in the middle of the sidewalk, blocking people's paths. It's it's really destructive. <laughs> destructive? That's not the right word. It's a, it's a nuisance, perhaps. And a lot of folks have been complaining, and it seems very symbolic that a lot of it is representative of some of the worst pieces of tech, where it's the idea of kind of coming in, taking up space, and not really paying attention to the damage that one is doing. And so they blocked a lot of tech buses uh, with a pile of scooters. And as people tried to move the scooters out, they moved the scooters back as a representation. And I'm going to read a quote from Kelly Cutler, who works with the Coalition on Homelessness, which is an awesome organization that works directly with folks who are unhoused. And Kelly says, tech commodities have more rights to sit and lie on our sidewalks, yet homeless folks get swept away and their belongings trashed. So we had a fun action this morning calling attention to it. And there's also another quote from another article. In total, 11 buses and several cars were stalled at the intersection, uh, Bakta said at the protest that wasn't meant as a personal attack on the employees going to work, but an outcry from residents who no longer can afford to live in the city. I just want people to understand why their workday is being disrupted and why we're here. Batka said, we understand that it's an inconvenience, but it's not a personal attack. An inconvenience for you is an outcry from the people. I just want them to show some solidarity and empathy. So putting that energy out there and that idea out there for the folks who get really upset about protests by being minorly inconvenienced and not quite uh, understanding the, the significance of it. And I would imagine for a lot of people, having, a, having your commute, having a delay for your commute for about an hour is, I would imagine, far less difficult than imagine having law enforcement come and take your belongings, take your tent, take your, take your medicine, as is what happens a lot of the time with the, the sweeps that the Department of Public Works have, have been doing and the police have been doing. So I appreciate the folks doing the work and the activists out there. A lot of folks were talking about Roseanne and I know it seems people are like, why are you talking about this? It's of all the things happening, it's a small thing and it's also just very representative of what's been happening. And for folks, you know, a lot of us grew up watching the TV show and it was important having a working class family shown with many queer characters on the show. And this was a long time ago though, and people change and people can create artwork and also be extremely problematic in their lives and also evolve or maybe unevolve in many ways. And years ago, Roseanne was tweeting a lot of transphobic tweets 
And many of us, myself included, got blocked. She blocked us. <laughs> and this was maybe 2011, 2012. So this was a while ago. And a lot of us brought this to the attention, or we tried to, saying, hey, this is really problematic. This person with a platform is saying a lot of untrue, really hurtful things to a marginalized group. And folks didn't seem to listen. And and then she's allowed a space and has continued on. My point being, uh, it's important if folks are vocal about someone saying hurtful things, it's important to listen to those folks and try not to gaslight them. I'd rather not talk about ICE, but we have to because they are pretty much the equivalent of the Gestapo and they're tearing apart families and that's still happening. The ACLU is now suing them and Department of Homeland Security. And that's happening here. There's a protest happening, actually, and I would encourage you, if you're able to get out right now, turn off your radio. We're not officially on the radio. We're online, though, at 12.30 p.m. today at 6.30 Sansom, which is the ICE headquarters here in San Francisco. There is a protest happening. There's also one happening in the East Bay at 12.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So uh, Bay Resistance has mention this and I'm going to find the exact addresses right now for you. So again, in San Francisco at 12:30 p.m., there's a gathering happening outside ICE headquarters in San Francisco. And in just a moment, I will tell you the address for the one happening in the East Bay, and I'd imagine there are ones happening across the country as well. So if you are able and or if you know folks who are able, please do show up. So it's happening in Oakland right now, 12.30 p.m. at 1401 Lakeside Drive in Oakland. And again, 12.30 p.m. at 6.30 Sansom Street. Bay Resistance has more info about that. Please do show up if you're able. There have been a number of protests outside the ICE building, and that the pressure needs to not only continue but to be increased, in my opinion. <sighs> Goodness. It's difficult starting off with the positive stories because then what we have left are the really heartbreaking <sighs> the heartbreaking things that are happening right now. And it's difficult to talk about. And at the same time, by not acknowledging that it's happening, I don't know how that helps anything at all. Hmm. Gonna move on to one more thing and then we'll take a bit of a music break and then we will be joined by our guest and actually a few more things because there's always there's always more to talk about and so flint of course is without drinking water still and there have been a number of folks speaking out against or what's happened in puerto rico and the severe underestimates of the number of people who have been killed since then. So these are things that are still happening and wanting to draw people's attention to it. And if folks are looking for more information, I recommend checking out The Guardian as well as The Intercept as news sources to, to check out for that. Moving along, there was a vote recently in Ireland about um, abortion rights. So, and there are folks who were... <sighs> fighting for that there and 
<sighs> There's a, an article in the, in the Irish Times that folks can check out uh, by Noel Whelan, abortion vote marks a gender revolution in politics. So, hmm. wanting to put that out there as well. And also going to share another story that comes from Northern Ireland. And there's a photo that's uh, connected to the, the article as well. And first up, also another article came out at NewYorkMagazine.com. Seniors are more conservative because the poor die off. And I think that's something that many of us have either thought about or maybe unconsciously understood. And that's how the folks in positions of power are the ones who have more privilege. And it seems to just be an ongoing ongoing thing. I realize I might sound a little bit depressing today. That happens on the show sometimes. Sometimes I'm a little bit more happier and I, I would assume I'll get a little bit more uplifted towards the end of the program. It's just difficult when we just speaking these things aloud and it's at least one way of putting it out there in the universe, acknowledging these things are happening. These really problematic, hurtful, disastrous things are happening here and we have to find ways to, to deal with it and to change it. So in the independent, there's an article, uh, Northern Irish women protesting against anti-abortion laws take quote unquote, illegal termination pills in front of police. So sending solidarity to the women in Northern Ireland there. And if you would like to read the article, we have posted it on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash weekly rev. And you can check out that there. So we're going to take a bit of a music break. I am going to breathe in and out a little bit. And when we return around 1230 or so, we'll be joined by our guest, Lola Davina, who is the author of Thriving in Sex Work, Heartfelt Advice for Staying Sane in the Sex Industry. Thanks again for listening in, and we will be back in just a bit.
Welcome back to the Weekly Review. I am joined here by Lola Davina. Lola Davina uh, has spent more than 25 years in and around the sex industry, working as a stripper, dominatrix, porn actress, and escort over a 15-year period. She has earned an MA in human sexuality and an MS in nonprofit fundraising, and writes a self-care and wellness column for whynotcam.com. Lola, thanks so much for joining us. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to be here, Roman. Thank Yay. you for inviting me. Of course. Oh. Yeah, very very much looking forward to, to having you on the show. Yes. And hearing your perspective and there's so much to talk about. I, there is. And I was here a few minutes before I was here a little early and I got a chance to listen to your rant or what I really have to say about more like a eulogy. Yeah. Um, very heavy. And I could hear you taking deep breaths and sighs and I can feel how that the weight of these stories and the compassion that you feel you're holding that in your body and it feels heavy and hard. And we are certainly in a time right now where um, it can often feel easier just to numb out because yeah. we are suffering compassion fatigue. We're suffering, I know, outrage fatigue because yes. outrage is my drug of choice. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a, a recovering rageaholic. So um, anger is something that I'm always really aware of and really tapped into. And it's um, when you're just kind of perpetually like body blow after body blow after body blow every time you turn on a screen or you know find out what's going on in the world it's just that constant feeling of like wh- why all this cruelty why all this all this hardness and and when did this become okay so um you know i so i wrote this book thriving in sex work heartfelt advice for staying sane in the sex industry because of my experiences as a sex worker which um, shouldn't come as a huge surprise to anyone out there. It's a huge amount of emotional labor. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always this kind of focus and this, oh, people are always fascinated by um, the sexual aspect. Sure, you know, what goes in where and who's doing what and mm-hmm. who's wearing how much and how much money gets exchanged. But just as a lived-in experience, what I think most sex workers will tell you is is that the job is maintaining your own emotional well-being and then also being responsible for the emotional sexual reaction of, of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, there's a lot of um, emotional, uh, I don't know what else to say, you, you experience these kind of emotional storms all the time when you're doing the work. So I decided that somebody had to sit down and kind of write a book about how that feels and how to take better care of yourself. But it is interesting when you start thinking about how we connect to each other and how we respond to each other, that this emotional labor is going on all the time. And it's certainly in the activist community, whether or not that, yes, you know, like the Venn diagrams (sighs) of like where you feel on the, on the sex worker, you know, how you feel about sex work, because not all, you know, not everyone feels the same, you know, obviously there's a spectrum of opinions and, and attitudes towards that. But um, there's a lot of sex workers who are part of the activist community and you know there's all these overlapping areas that um it just it it it, it's striking to me how some of the things that i was writing about to this specific population are also more broadly applicable Mm -hmm. to anyone who is um 
caring about marginalized people, right. you know, in their lives on a regular basis. And it, um, you know, just thinking about what we need to do in order to both hold the reality of what's going on yeah. and not run away from it yes. and, and not zone out. And at the same time, also know that it does us real harm when we hold all of this stuff and, yes. and let it kind of grind us down and, yeah. and um, make us feel powerless. And so I was, I was going to kind of offer that as an opening conversation because I felt like it was up in the room. <laughs> so I don't know if you, if you had some thoughts about that or if you'd like that, that's the way that you'd like the conversation to go. But um you know, people have been asking me, and uh, not to get too sidetracked, but um, for your listeners out there who may not be completely tuned into um, what's happening in the sex worker world, we've suffered an enormous legislative setback in the last, oh, what was it been like, about six weeks? I think it was signed into law in late March, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Um, SESTA slash FOSTA, which I'm sorry, I don't have the acronyms off the top of my head, but these are two laws that were combined that are intended to stop sex trafficking. Well, let me just be on the record right here that um, I think sex trafficking is horrible. And I think people who traffic other humans for any kind of work um, belong in to, you know, to belong, you know, there, there should be fearsome, fearsome punishment for people who do that. Um, But this particular law was written in a certain way to create a third-party liability for any online uh, website that hosts um, sex for sale. And and we're talking about anything. We're talking about, um, obviously, in-person sex, but um, this can be porn, uh, this can be camming. Um, You know, I, I... it would seem like probably phone sex operators and you know maybe pro doms and stuff might might be able to slide off but the 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 response to the law once it was signed is that all adult information all adult activity is um being is is um become too hot to touch it's it's the it's one of the most ferocious and pernicious kinds of censorship this mm-hmm. is not the state coming in and saying I don't approve of your ad. You just put the fear of God into a web hoster who says, you know what, I can't face a liability. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to censor myself. Right. Right. We are n- now we're in the business of, of the yes, citizenry. Self, yes, exactly. Yeah. The citizenry is now censoring itself. Um, it caught a lot of people by surprise. I mean, people who are, you know, active in the sex work community knew it was coming down the pike, but it happened so fast. And then once it did, everyone's kind of looking around and going like, no, wait a minute. Are you saying, you know, Craigslist, first thing it did was yeah. shut down his personal, you know, ads, mm-hmm. right? So if you want to, you know, like say, hey, I want to go see Black, the Black Panther movie. Does anybody want to go with me? You can't do that anymore mm-hmm. because it, it the, the Craigslist is no longer willing to accept the, the liability that someone out there somewhere might be doing something against their will and that they could come back and be sued for that. Um, I just read an, an article in the Wall Street Journal yesterday that one of the fallouts of SESTA-FOSTA is that a lot of the dating sites are going to have to completely reconfigure their mm-hmm. business model. Because again, it's like, I want to hook up and meet with, you know, me, yeah. you know, you know, we're talking Tinder and Grindr and, you know, you know, Ashley Madison and all these websites. It's yeah. like two, you know, two human, you know, two adults, totally consensual, right. want to meet for anything. Right. If there's a, if there's a whiff or a possibility that somebody might be getting trafficked. And, and so you're, you're, <laughs> we're living, we're living right now 
in 2018. We're living in America where we can't do anything about school shootings, mm-hmm. but we sure as hell... How, how many how many nasty words can I say? Oh, all the ones that you all want. We can even words. create some new ones. <laughs> <laughs> but we can sure as shit um, limit uh, sexuality on the internet. Mm-hmm. That's what... I mean, it, this is not a drill, folks. This yeah. is actually happening. This yes. is like Handmaid's Tale level shit. Instagram, yeah. I don't know if you've heard about this, Instagram in the last week... Um, banned the hashtag woman. What? Sorry to be the one to break that to no, you. No, there's always a point during the show where, when I really want to throw things out the window in a rage. <laughs> I'm sorry to be the one to break it. They've, oh. re- they've reinstated. But there are all these screenshots of hashtag man, hashtag woman, and you know, man, there's all these pictures of men. Yeah. Woman, it's like, you know, we're sorry that this hashtag has not met our community standards for blah, blah, blah. Okay, if you, uh, Lisa, this is this this only for a couple of days. Now, I mean, but we'll just, yeah. we're just, this is what's happening right now. Yeah, yeah. If you if you um, hashtag stripper, mm-hmm. nothing for women. But if you put male stripper, you can see like all these pictures of men. So, so here we are, here we are, and like we are, you know, again, this is not a drill. Um, you know, first they come for the sex workers, and yeah. you know, um, you know, what can I say? The sex, sex, you know, folks in the sex industry have always been um, one of the first groups that when states want to crack down on free thought that's mm-hmm. that's one of the groups that they go after um it's just i think people are not maybe fully aware of what the implications of some of these laws are going to mean so yes and something that you mentioned too with talking about the sites was the word consent mm-hmm. and how that should be like the main thing where if two people are two adults are consenting for something then it shouldn't be any of your business right exactly and where's where's the trafficking and consent um i there was something going through um i um i was seeing it all over my social media today my sex work twitter that's a thing um where all the kind of the sex workers um get together and and talk about the world but someone was stopped coming into chicago airport because she had condoms let's see let's see Uh. condoms sex toys some butt plugs and like some some like you know like menstrual cap for her Uh you know something i don't know what it was anyway so and and it was like and she was pulled aside and said you know you you are you are um aiding and abetting i don't know human you know the possibility of human trafficking or something like that so i'm like i'm sorry oh Oh, yeah lube was the other thing too i'm sorry so condoms and lube and some sex toys and something to put over your cervix when you're bleeding. These are, you know, I mean, wow. Think about where we're going. So, um, I mean, we are living in an age of outrage. It's hard. It's actually hard to keep focused on everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and unfortunately the other thing, not to be big downer, but you know, when we think about political solutions, I mean, obviously we're living under a very specific regime right now, but the, 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 the folks who have been spearheading these these morality laws have been Democrats. It's been oh, don't get me Gilliland, started on Democrats. I know Kamala oh. Harris. It's been oh. you know um, Christy Gilliland. It's been oh. um, um, Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, right even now, Bernie Sanders signed even the Bernie Sesta Sanders. Fosta. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, you know Elizabeth Warren's um, coming right behind Sesta Fosta with a banking thing, which is going to um, attempt to Ye- choke off. Yes. Uh, yep. Yeah, I read comes. recently it was about a Bank of America was closing down accounts mm-hmm. and PayPal and Venmo. In- oh, that's been going on for a yeah. while. Yeah, PayPal and Val- Pay- Pay- PayPal has been enormously hostile with sex workers long mm-hmm. before any of this. But um, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, the sex work sex worker community is under um, a tremendous amount not we're n- not strain anymore. It's assault. It's mm-hmm. it's this is the stripping people of completely of their business models. Mm-hmm. Um, and in order to say to save rescue people who are doing this work involuntarily, 
the collateral damage are people who are doing this work voluntarily and mm-hmm. in order to survive. Yeah. And there's no there's no there's no dialogue. There's no attempt to address um, folks who are doing this work because they have to, or I, I don't know because they like to. Yeah. Um, and what that might mean for any other ordinary human being who wants to pursue sex or wants to pursue looking at images of different bodies or, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you know, this, you know, when I think about the size of the sex industry, when I think about the billions of dollars and sex workers, of course, are the visible face of the industry, right? That's, they're the folks who present, they, but they are the supply side, right? Mm-hmm. Where the fuck is the demand side? Where's mm. the outrage from the people who, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm so, somebody's buying all that sex, I'm yeah. sorry. How about it's all a, those politicians? <laughs> yeah, like, I'll give government Yeah, so uh, it hasn't, I guess it has not hurt enough so that people who like their porn and people who like to go and get their erotic massages and go to strip clubs and do all the things they like to do, they haven't been made miserable enough yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, it's it's a it's a difficult time right now, and yeah. and and the the lines of force, the 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 rationale where you could create a third party um, liability like a website uh, being held responsible for trafficking, is is like the same as saying a, a you know a kid has a uh, anaphylactic you know, reaction to peanuts, so I'm going to sue Walmart for having peanut mm-hmm. butter on the shelves. Yeah, this was carved out only and specifically for this particular singular crime for sex trafficking there is no there, there's no other third party liability in any other industry mm. um, so to me that gives me hope that in the long term it will be determined to be unconstitutional that yeah. this is just too much of a bank shot you're making people responsible you're making third party you know liability for for stuff that you have literally no control over um, and that the violation of, of freedom of speech and freedom to congregate and the freedom, I don't know, just to be you know, freedom of privacy, the freedom to be who you want to be um, is too deeply infringed. But until that works its way through the courts, that's what we're looking at right now. Yeah. I mean, it's also just the idea of like ownership over someone else's bodies and what they can or cannot do with their bodies. And something else I thought we could maybe get to is just the idea of with class and capital in that and that many mm-hmm. sex workers can there's like the kind of cuts out a third party in terms of who profits from their labor. And many folks are able to, it's economically can be a a sound choice for some folks. Right. Um, when, when you invited me and I was so excited to be invited and again, I want to thank you for that. I was, you know, you said this, 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 uh, station has a heavy anti-capitalist bent. And I was Mm -hmm. thinking like, well, um, it's always, you know, the conversation of, of capitalism and sex work is always a very yeasty one, right? I mean, um, as I'm fond of saying, um, the sex industry stands at the absolute crossroads of capitalism and patriarchy, right? Mm. I mean, mm. there it is right there. Uh. <laughs> it's all yeah. right there, baby. <laughs> and um, that's the crucible. There are, mm-hmm. there are these enormous forces mm-hmm. at play at this particular crossroads. Um, and I certainly understand you know, anti-capitalism critiques of the sex industry and, and certainly of our broader culture. But I'm always, it, as long as we live under capitalism, mm-hmm. which we do, and that's not about, you know, I don't know when that's going to change. Um, I'm, I'm always going to defend the sex industry for two reasons, mm-hmm. even as problematic as problematic as it is, as I, you know, I'm saying, you know, um, capitalist forces and, and patriarchal forces at play for two reasons. One is, is that, in my opinion, 
from the time that I've spent, the sex industry is the most ferocious engine of um, creativity and energy for sexuality, gender, Mm -hmm. um, what we like to do to each other, what we like, you know, getting to see images of how people can be in the world and how we can touch one another, expressions of pleasure, expressions of pain, discussions and things like consent. Mm -hmm. It's not to say that it's, it's all rosy and, you know, that there aren't horrifying things that happen but they're they're <laughs> the sex industry is decades ahead of hollywood in oh terms yeah of, you know visibility and looking who gets to be sexual like mm-hmm. what kind of bodies get to be deemed to be desirable yes yes um i mean you get to see all different kinds of people mm-hmm. um all different kinds of bodies um and um th- i'm just going to defend that imagination yeah. to, to the death right i mean this is people saying, you know, I don't have to look like a Barbie. I don't have to look like this or that. You know, I'm going to step into the arena and say, I am a sexual person, mm-hmm. you know, take me or leave me, right? So on the one hand, there's kind of a freedom of expression. Yeah. And then on the other hand, on the other side of it too, is the idea that, um, like you say, sex work is something that people can do. They do not need a third party intermediary in mm-hmm. order to make money from their bodies, from their labor, from their from their own experiences. Um and for many, many people, many marginalized folks who, you know, disabled folks, trans folks, you know, people with crazy schedules, you know, this is a way that they can make money and survive. So I'm always going to defend it for that yes. reason. Oh, yeah. So there's um, so there's kind of like freedom of expression and also kind of like freedom to earn and, and, mm-hmm. and you know, make money and have sex with or be sexual with who you please. Yes. So um, I know not everyone agrees with that. I mean, I know I understand the sex industry is um, controversial. But um, I'm always going to defend it along those two lines. Yeah. So, yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. I think yeah. For, for some folks who might not know, or if they don't know any folks who have done right. or are current sex workers, right, it right. might seem. I mean, I guess also what you might hear is just from the media and just a lot of un- or Hollywood, just a lot of untruths. Like for many marginalized groups, where they're not mm-hmm. represented accurately or fairly, and people aren't able to tell their tell their truths. So I think a lot of the information that folks get is skewed right and of course we're in a huge campaign right now again talking about sesta fosta and all this other stuff of just conflating the whole thing like mm-hmm. anytime money is exchanged then it has to necessarily be exploitational right Some well that's all labor then <laughs> i know it's like i was i often say that if that's your problem with sex work then that's probably your problem with capitalism um but yeah um and and again this is not that it's not problematic there are certainly people mm-hmm. doing you know if if you are doing sex work to survive or to stay inside or to you know to stay medicated or whatever mm-hmm. you know you you know if 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 you're if this is the only way that you can get the money that you need in order to basically function mm-hmm. it's hard to say that that's consensual sex work right yeah that, that is you know survival sex is is um very real um but of course i would just say as an advocate and as an activist mm-hmm. um the uh, solution to that is not to criminalize it and make yes. people criminals for doing what they need uh, to do to survive right yes yes um so when 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 folks um i mean this is a very new conversation like i say sesta fosta has only been um signed into law for six weeks um it's not clear whether parts of the law will be challenged we don't know you know how long it's going to take it to, to work through the courts. We don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see what the first um, lawsuit looks like, mm-hmm. right? The first person who steps forward and says, hey, Craigslist. Yeah. You know, I was trafficked and, you know, my pimp, you know, had my ad on your site. Now I want mine. I I, I mean, I'm, 
I, I'm not saying that it won't happen, but mm -hmm. it's going to be very interesting to see how that develops. Um, my, I'm look, I'm looking past it, and just looking on towards a campaign of decriminalization of all sex work. Yes, um, that we can continue to punish um, sex traffickers. That's fine. Let's go ahead and do that. Sure. But um, that the the underlying um, issue, I think, is um, that sex work needs to be decriminalized. It needs to be legitimized. It needs to be normalized and humanized, mm -hmm. just as something that people are going to do. Here, here. Yeah. I got Roman on my side. So oh, I was I already on your side before we met. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. Uh, so I suppose we can maybe then talk about what are ways in which we can, I, I mean, I think getting the word out there and mm -hmm. talking to folks who might not agree or might not understand, like uh, other ways sure. that we can work towards decriminalization of sex work. Well, I mean, it is. This is this is the act. This is the activist path, path, right? Um, and I think visibility is very important as well. Um, more and more and more. Certainly, I, I, you know, I just turned fifty this year. Um, so I'm old enough to have seen um, a real expansion in the public imagination of sex workers. Really, even in my lifetime, um, you know, the, the job has become so much more diffuse. Part of part of me, I mean, listening to you today, and it was, it was just my heart was hurting when I was listening to you talk, and I was thinking about kind of these long term things. Um, so much of what's happening right now reminds me of the AIDS crisis. Mm, um, yeah. You know, I'm feeling like 30 years of flashback. Um, uh, just just the cruelty and the and the you know what's happening in Puerto Rico. The people yeah. are dying, and it's like we don't even bother to count, right? Mm -hmm. We don't even bother to count. Like American citizens are dying, we don't even bother to count. I mean, that that's that. That takes me back. Um, but I am sort of a long-term thinker in some ways. I do think that because the sex industry has grown so much more diffuse, certainly when I was growing up, I mean, really all you thought about was like, you thought about prostitutes, you thought about people working in porn and strippers. I mean, that was it. Mm -hmm. But now we have this vast ocean of folks and kind of the, the, um, the diffusion of what sex work is, like camming and sugaring and, you know, arrangements and, um, you know, kind of sex work adjacent stuff like burlesque and, you know, how people in their private lives are playing with BDSM and maybe like going to a party and stuff where there may be a somewhat of a paid element, but still it's mostly, you know, mostly amateur. Mm -hmm. um, people putting up amateur porn, they're not even looking to get paid, right? They just want to have their stuff up on the internet. Um, that this that th this diffusion and this dissemination is a softening and a normalization and a humanization. Mm -hmm. um, so I remain optimistic in the long term yeah. that these forces and these trends, and that as people think about being sexual throughout their entire lifetimes um even just uh you know discussions of polyamory or you know the you know we're, we're talking about like you know different different um different sexual arrangements over a, a, someone's lifespan right that the sex industry is there to be like um you know it's part it's part of the whole it's part of the whole fabric right you know it's like you know we're we're no longer thinking in terms of like I'm gonna somewhere when I'm a teenager I'm gonna meet the one person who's only right for me and we're gonna get married right out of high school we're gonna stay together for the rest of our lives we're gonna die in each other's arms when we're ninety um, you know other things are gonna happen yeah right we're gonna have other thoughts we're gonna have other fantasies we may have other adventures these these things and the sex industry is a part of that mm -hmm. it's a way to access that in exchange for cash rather than 
you know, in exchange for connection or, or personality or whatever proximity. Um, but it is a part of it that all of us can reach into and taste and take a little something of what we need, you know, and there's no shame in that. Right. Yeah, I think shame is a, that's a key word right there, too. You won't talk shame. You won't talk shame. I'm a shame lady. Yeah, no, I'm happy to talk about shame. Yeah, Yeah, um, I mean, I've definitely been on a crusade. I, you know, I, my, my big thing about shame in the sex industry, I'm going to make a big, bold statement. Um, I certainly haven't met every sex worker alive. I've, I've, you know, I've lived in a limited time and place. But my experience is the people who do the work for the most part are pretty okay with the fact that they're doing the work mm-hmm. and that that the sh- the shame side of the equation in in the sex industry is the clientele yep. it's the people who need it want it use it yeah. yeah um that fear you know the we're we're taught you know it's baked into us from when we're little tiny pumpkins that the way that we get sex is by being attractive um you know by being nice to people by smelling good by having money um you know, all of these trappings of, you know, whatever attraction might be. Mm-hmm. And so when we go through the world not getting the sex that, that we want, there's that tremendous shame. There's that tremendous feeling of there's something wrong with me mm-hmm. because I can't attract the partner that I want or the partners that I want or mm-hmm. I can't, the partners that I do get won't do the things that I want or they, you know, I can't be seen the way that I want to be seen. Um, yeah, there's a tremendous amount of, of pain there. Um and anyone who's worked in the sex industry will can tell you that you know clients, you know whether they be strip club patrons or you know folks to the dungeon or you know the other person on the other end of the phone line, just wants to be accepted and wants to be desired and wants you know, they want to be turned on and they want to be touched. Yeah. right? that's a real human need. Um, and <laughs> as long as the client side of the equation, the demand side of the equation is completely in the shadows, never never a name or a face, um, and it's just this sort of sad, skulking need. That that shame and that shadow is going to be there, mm-hmm. right? And I always say for every one sex worker alive, there has to be at least one order of magnitude, if not two, of clients behind that, or you know, whatever the clientele base might be. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about millions of people hundreds of millions of people, right, who are are closeted as consumers of the sex industry. Mm. So um, I'm definitely on a, like a, like a <laughs> crusade, like, come out. It's okay. Yeah. You like to look at porn. No one's going to judge you. You know, you went and saw an escort that one time. It's okay. No one's going to judge you. It's all right. You know, yeah. come on out. It's safe. It's all right. You know, um, and just also having kind of like a lighter and brighter imagination to just say, look, you know, there's just, there's something sexual I want to do. And I don't know if I can get anybody else to do it, but if I pay someone to do it, maybe they'll do it for, you know, like mm-hmm. why, I mean, why not like have that kid in the candy store kind of mentality? Sure. Like, yeah, that would be great. I'd really love to do that. You know, like, hmm. Um, and just, yeah, kind of bring some kind of notion of playfulness and, yeah. and just kind of like lightness to it rather than, this is my secret deep bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm so bad. Yeah. Well, I would make a guess that a lot of the folks, especially the people in Congress, the folks in positions of power, are the ones themselves that have those deep feelings. I mean, whether they're, I mean, especially how often do we hear about the, the anti-gay uh, <laughs> folks out there who are, end up 
We're doing with all the S- nasty, nasty, yeah. nasty stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So there are folks who they can't deal with their own stuff and then they make laws to harm those who can, who who want to. Well, it, it is certainly a phenomenon and it's one of the most, to me, it's just one of the most baffling, crazy, um, uh, to have that level of denial and to have that level of splitting, like mental mm. splitting, and just to say like, okay, it's really, really bad when these other people do it. Now, if I go over here and do it, it's, it's okay for me. Um, that level of hypocrisy. But you then, it's horrible, to, it's horrible to see the ramifications of that kind of law in the world. Yes. But I just have to say on a personal level, like how badly are those people suffering? How yeah. should, I mean, talk about lack of integration. Talk about lack of, yeah. of any kind of actualization. These, are, these people are damaged. I mean, that's... And yet somehow they managed to rise to positions of power. Like vice president, for instance. <laughs> making my little ter- yeah. pterodactyl noise yeah it's it's yeah it's it's unfortunate and, and we witness it all the time yeah <sighs> it's, it's good take to be a okay. yeah yeah well we can take a bit of a, a music break um if you'd like mm-hmm. and then we can um speak a little bit more and i'd also like to hear a little bit from the um the book oh, that sure. you wrote if we can talk about oh, that as well so I put out a request for some inspiring songs, and here's one I haven't heard in a long time. So uh, hope folks enjoy this. I think it will ring a bell for many of you.
All right, and welcome back to Mutiny Radio with the Weekly Review. This is Roman, joined here by Lola Davina. Hello. And I hope you all enjoyed that beautiful Gloria Estefan Dead Kennedys mashup. Mashup. That happens unintentionally when <laughs> the internet goes out for a moment. We're here to provide some great music for you all, so hope you enjoyed that beautiful musical selection there. <laughs> I certainly <laughs> did. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, good good times indeed. I, I feel a little bit more uplifted, certainly, after some upbeat music. Oh, yeah, so we were talking a bit about, um, we talked about Sesta Fosta and talking just about sex work in general. Just sex work in general. In general yeah. And uh, I just wanted to shout out... Um, that tomorrow is um, International Sex Workers Day. Some people call it International Horror's Day. Not, yes. er- not everyone loves that term. I love the term horror, but uh, not everyone wants to use it. Not everybody owns it. Um, same with sex worker. That's not a term that not everybody wants to use, but um, go ahead and, and um, use the one that's important to you and get out there and support consensual adults making money from their sexuality because... Um, I mean, it's I mean, it's just a fundamental human right, and I think that uh, you know people need to understand it that way. Um, uh, there's going to be a local action in Oakland. It starts at noon um, in Frank um, Azagawa Plaza. I, yeah, also known as like, Oscar Grant. Plaza. Uh, also yeah. known as Oscar Grant. I had to I had to look that up. I was like, is this a different place? So no, yes, it, it's all the same place. And uh, meeting at noon. I know there's going to be a gathering. I know there's going to be um, a march. I know there's going to be. Um, do you do you have do you happen to have the the actual afternoon events? It looks like you do. I am bringing it up. Cool. At the moment, it might take <laughs> it might take a while. Though. We will get you the actual schedule of events. But yes, um, it's hosted by um, St. James Infirmary, and there's another another group. I'm sorry, I don't have any flyers with me, unfortunately. So I, I'm I'm operating off of memory, but. Um, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say, somebody. I have a tremendous amount of privilege. I haven't worked for. Um, it's been more than a decade, um, so I have the freedom to come out and and show my face and and be counted and get to get to be a, um, you know, get to be out as a former sex worker with very little um, fear of any kind of retribution. Um, I know for working sex workers, it, it, the calculations are often very different. People don't feel. Like they can appear in public, they don't, um, you know, they don't want anybody taking their picture. They don't, um, you know, and because working sex workers have a lot to lose. They have their livelihoods, they have their privacy, they have their safety um, at risk. So anyone who can, it's just, it's very important. Ally, you know, this is this is really um, a movement where allyship is incredibly important. Um, some of us have to stand and, you know, certainly we want to center working sex workers and we want to hear their voices, but other bodies, other allies coming out and saying, look, this is something that we support is very important too, because this is a group where not everyone can show their face. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's, that's just the reality of, of the way that, um, the dynamics of this, of this, uh, population are. So you're going to be there. Yes. I'm going to be there. So you can you can meet all the luminaries. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and um, folks can also find the information on online at face. There's an invites on Facebook, and it's so it's again it's tomorrow, Saturday, June second, from noon to four p.m. at Oscar Grant Plaza, which is at 14th Street and Broadway in Oakland. And I can read a few a little bit of details here for folks. On Saturday, June 2nd, uh, sex workers and our allies will be standing up for justice all over the country. Join us at Oscar Grant Plaza in downtown Oakland, California, to make the voices and needs of our Bay Area communities loud and visible. Sex worker justice now. Allies wanted and welcome. 
We are protesting, rallying, and marching with the following goals in mind. One, to make more Bay Area residents and local media aware of the systemic violence against sex workers, uh, repercussions of FOSTA-SESTA legislation, police violence, anti-trafficking legislation that continuously conflates sex work and sex trafficking, and how criminalization damages our communities. And two, sex worker justice is inherently tied to the justice of transgender, bi, POC, LGBTQ, femme, and GNC, undocumented, poor, low-income, drug-using communities. Three, elevate specific sex worker community voices. Four, be visible and celebrate, come together and show each other some serious love during this tough political time. Five, celebrate the St. James Infirmary's 19th birthday. And so the schedule of events is from noon to one, gather at Oscar Grant Plaza, one to two, community speakers, two to three is the march, three to four is the celebration. And more info about speakers and the march coming soon. And they have a little brief section of what you need to do uh, for it to, to invite friends and allies. Uh, we have power in numbers. They also suggest wearing red and to bring signs and sign making parties and lists of sign ideas are coming soon. And their goals and expectations are that this will be a peaceful and positive gathering for sex worker justice. That being said, we are aware that undocumented, on parole, by POC, sex workers, etc., are at a higher risk of police involvement, harassment, and violence. We are working on creating safer spaces and systems within the rally, and we'll have more information about this coming soon. Showing up for justice is important, but please prioritize your safety. Yep. Yes, doing the work, taking it to the streets. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, there's, so there's June 2nd, and then there's also December 17th, which is, um, oh gosh, I'm not going to be able to say it. (laughs) Um, It's not end violence against sex workers, but it's, it's, um, it, 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 the slogan is basically this sex work should be safe work. And I'm, I'm glad that there's, that there are these two kind of tentpole, um, days to kind of commemorate sex work and, and just, you know, this is something that's going on every day. Um, this is daily work. Um, you know, sex work doesn't take a holiday. Um, it's certainly something that uh, is a part of our everyday lives. And it, it it's upsetting to me that sex work continues to somehow live in the shadows as if it's some thing that's way off to the side over there. Um, but, you know, we're all sexual, well, most, we are all sexual people to some extent, and most of us do want sex f- for most of our lives. Um, so I just, the idea that so much of this has to be in shadow and has to be in shame is mm-hmm. just, a, it's like a huge waste of time and energy. I, it really is. I, I mean, this is like really ridiculous that we are still so hung up on this mm. idea. So... I think also just growing up in such a puritanical society too, where it's just this half puritanical yeah. and half purient, right? Mm. We, we we kind of straddle this weird push me pull you where everything is super sexualizing at the same time true, we do, demonize it at the same time. We give it tremendous power to like make you almost insane, and then on the other hand, then we say it's like, oh, it's the highest, purest, most beautiful thing, you know, that we have to like treasure, and it has to be so sacred and everything like that, rather than just kind of treating it as like a kind of like a normal function right kind of like somewhere in the middle where it's not quite so charged on either end Mm. um but yeah so we deal with a lot of distortionality uh, around around uh, around sex and gender unfortunately so yeah i mean that's a piece of it too 
right? Is the, the, the gender aspect of gender it. Gender piece of it, right? That somehow this is something that's so terrifying and so distortional that we need to be protected from, I don't know what, <laughs> something other than, I mean, you know, need to be protected from something other than a pure binary. I don't know. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the, I'm not exactly sure what the danger is. Yeah. No one's convinced me. Yeah. So. <laughs> Still waiting on that one. Yeah, know, We're waiting, waiting for that. a while. Waiting. Yeah. What's the big deal? Yeah. So. Yeah. I was hoping we could also maybe speak a bit about the, the book that you wrote, if you'd like to share a bit about that. Sure. Yeah. Well, I felt moved. Um, I felt compelled to write a book um, talking about the emotional labor of sex work, um, in part because I was really sad to to discover that no one had written it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, sex workers spend so much of their lives turning their faces to the outside world and presenting. Um, they do it for work, so they're advertising, right? They're they're putting themselves out there to say, you know, look at me, hire me. Um, and then there's a huge amount of labor that goes into explaining why they do what they do, right? There's sex workers are called upon all the time to be in documentaries and to, you know, to appear and to, you know, they write their life stories and, and first person accounts explaining, I am a sex worker, I am exactly like you, or I am a sex worker, I am not like you, mm-hmm. or my experience is very, you know, whatever. It's, it's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of being a sex worker is just explaining why the hell you're a sex worker? Mm. It's a lot of work. Just saying, like, mm. why are you doing this work? Like, the question wow. is, like, why? You know, <laughs> what's funny is nobody nobody turns a camera on, like, why are you a client? Like, well, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, huh. like, why Why do you go see escorts? You know, why do you like strip? Nobody, nobody, that's not the conversation everyone wants to have. We want to have a, we want to have a conversation on the people who are providing sexuality and, like, figuring out what makes them tick. <laughs> well, it just seemed to me that there needed somebody needed to turn their face back towards the sex worker population and say, I've done this work. I see you. Um, I know what this work is like. Um, and I know how hard it can be. And um, I, you know, I took a, um, oh, I took um, about three and a half years to write it. Um, and um, thinking about the fact that I had been out of, you know, I had been in the industry for about eight years over a 15 year period and then took like a 10 years off. It took me, it took me until my late forties, I think, to have the wisdom to write this book and to really be able to look at deep, complex emotions like shame and anger mm-hmm. and fear um, and think about them with curiosity and self-love and a sense of just, you know, what, what these emotions can be really powerful. They can be overwhelming but how do you both acknowledge that they're there and then kind of work your way through it? Because the 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 um, the uh, strategy of just trying to shunt it off to the side or numbing yourself out or pushing it away or acting like it's not there, we all know that that leads to serious mental problems, health problems. You know that that's not the way to go. We have to learn how to actually feel what the work makes us feel, and sometimes that's very intense and sometimes it's very unpleasant. So. Um, yeah, it was really a labor of love, um, and um, it's been gratifying. The response, I feel like people, I feel like um, the community was really thirsty for this book, mm. and 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 the feedback that I've gotten is that people are very grateful for it. So, um, I just hope it continues to open up the conversation where people can talk about thinking about sex work as 
a job that they choose and a job that they really like rather than just being something that you're forced into that yeah. of course they, of course you hate and of course you hate yourself for doing it and of course you hate all your clients because they're horrible right there's always you know there's just just this very negative um uh, narrative and to think about sex work as a job that people might actively choose maybe they feel like they're pretty good at it right maybe they feel like they really have something to offer um, wouldn't that be lovely if um, we could think about sex professionals as being good at their job and mm-hmm. giving um, other people what they need it just it just it's just a just a different reframing of the whole question yeah so, yeah and so that's that's inherent right in the title um the notion of thriving and so I, I, one line of the book is um you know because sex work should be not just survivable but thrivable and, and that's not a word but it should be um just this idea that as sexual people we should you know get to enjoy what we do you mm-hmm. know even if we're making money for it so definitely yeah <sighs> so <laughs> so that's my contribution oh. to the revolution so yeah so uh, i know that on your website there's a, a link to it so mm-hmm. folks can order it that way oh sure and that's yeah. uh at, excuse me, at uh, loladavina.com. Loladavina.com. And I've also posted that link on uh, Facebook as well. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can read more about the book and certainly read more about me. And, um, you know, not everyone's touchy-feely. Not everyone's all about the feels and, you know, and stuff. I am. That's that's kind of where I like to wallow. Yeah, but I am as well. Are you? Are you <laughs> Definitely. Are you like, let's talk about our feelings. Yeah, let's talk well, about our Well, I feel like feelings. there's such a push in, you know, just to not address one's feelings. And that's probably why we're at where we're at right now is that people's feelings have not gone addressed or listened to or recognized mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when you push it down when you repress it then it that's not a very healthy place to be right and um i also am just really mindful as again as we're watching like the promulgation of outrage culture and and insult culture and all these horrible things it's like um when when do we start thinking about ourselves in terms of just being an adult and just saying like okay i may be having these feelings Mm-hmm. Um, and they may be overwhelming me, but there are, you know, I, there are actually like techniques that I can use in order to calm myself down and actually address another human being rationally rather mm-hmm. than, you know, raging or, or, or dehumanizing another person. Mm. Um, and um, I mean, so I think so. I mean, this is going to sound simplistic to say, but I really think it really does come back to um, arriving at a basic platform basement level of self-love and yes. just knowing that I I, I, um, I have every right to be here. I have, mm. I have dignity. I have, um, you know, I, I have divine spirit. Um, no one can take, no one can strip that from me. No one can take it from me and people can rage and they can do horrible things and they can say horrible shit, but that doesn't, that never eliminates my basic humanity. And I think so many of us are walking around, not necessarily feeling that in our, in our guts and our solar mm. plexi, you know, that we're just feeling like, I belong here, you know, mm-hmm. even, even while there's all this hate, even while there's all this outrage in the world, I belong here. Yes. You know, I'm grounded on the earth. I have love. I have love in me. I have love around me. I, mm. you know, I, so yeah, we have a lot of depleted people mm-hmm. acting out. That is a very good way of putting it. I appreciate <laughs> that description. Yeah. Cause it's sometimes hard to find words for it. Well, and to have compassion for it too, when you see it, you know, yeah. you're like, oh, oh my God. You know, nobody acts that way if they like their lives, right? Sure. It's good to be reminded, you know, good to be reminded of that. Absolutely. So, yeah. Cool. 
Well, we do have some more time. Sure. Um, we can take another music break. Sure. Um, and then uh, we can finish up after that cool. if you'd like. That'd be great. So we'll be getting into some more music. This is another work request. For ages and ages, Divisionary, Do the Right Thing. I have not heard this song. I'm looking forward to hearing it. So we'll be back in a bit. Time, do it all the time Make yourself right Never mind them Don't you know you're not The only one suffering Do the right thing Do the right thing Do it all the time Do it all the time Make yourself right Never mind them Don't you know you're not The only one suffering Do the right thing Do the right thing do it all the time, do it all the time Make yourself right, never mind them Don't you know you're not the only one suffering? I see you up again, wandering so diligent Be crossing your T's as though it weren't irrelevant They say formality, this is what they really meant They could be the walk, we could, we could be the pavement Do the right thing, do the right thing Time, do it all the time Make yourself right, never mind them Don't you know you're not the only one suffering? So what you're up against, all the disingenuous They wave you along and say there's always room for us But we know better than that to take them serious Still don't let them make you bitter in the process
Bueno, Fito Paez. No vamos a dejar a nadie acá, ¿eh? A nadie. ¿Quién dijo que todo está perdido? Yo vengo a ofrecer mi corazón. Tanta sangre que se llevó el río. Yo vengo a ofrecer mi corazón. No será tan fácil. No será tan fácil. Ya sé qué pasa. Será tan simple como pensaba, como abrir el pecho y sacar el alma. Una cuchillada de amor, una de los pobres siempre abierta. Yo vengo a ofrecer mi corazón Como un documento inalterable Yo vengo a ofrecer mi corazón Y uniré las puntas de un mismo lazo Me iré tranquila No haya nadie cerca o lejos Yo vengo a ofrecer mi corazón Cuando los satélites no alcancen Yo vengo a ofrecer mi corazón Y hablo de países y de ¿Quién dijo que todo está perdido? Yo vengo a ofrecer mi corazón. And welcome back. That was Mercedes Sosa with Yo Vengo a Ofrecer Mi Corazón. Thank you, Poe, for that lovely suggestion. And we are back here with Lola Davina. Thank you so much for, for joining us. And I've really appreciated the conversation we've had today. Oh, I know this has been wonderful and spirited. Even, you know, as we're getting down into the muck and dealing with all the dark stuff. But I mean, I, mean, I guess that's what we're here for, right? I mean, if you're not talking about love and sex and death and our dreams, then what are we really talking about, right? That's true. Something that affects all of us. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. <sighs> Yeah, I'm thinking even with with like language and the language that we use to to describe things, mm-hmm. and also just I've been 
I've stopped using the word dark to describe something that's like negative and just in mm. terms of like mm-hmm. finding other other words that feel a bit more not so charged. Yeah. Yeah. And what so tell me what some of the words are that you've come up with. I'd, I'd be interested to hear what, what some good replacement words. Oh, I just, mean like heavy maybe or yeah, yeah. or even I mean I think this thing with like with just deconstructing language it's so right. hard it's like everything is so problematic that it's yes. it's not everything but I think a lot of the words however there's so many words to choose from. Mhm. So mm-hmm. difficult Difficult. I feel mm-hmm. that's probably something or problematic are two words that I find myself going to mm-hmm. quite quite often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good to be mindful of that for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to be careful with what we say. I definitely definitely can appreciate that. Yeah, and who knows? You know, I'm sure years from now. I mean, every now and then I listen to a a show from I did a few years ago, and I'm like, oh wow, I learned to not you know certain like <laughs> phrases or certain things that I'm like, oh interesting. I, you know, even when I started, I was more like, oh, not all cops are bad. And I was like, oof, that was not something I necessarily agree with anymore right now, mm. where it's more like just looking at the systemic issues. Anyway, long term, just thinking of how as humans, thankfully, we can evolve and learn mm-hmm. and especially having conversations. It's like, oh, if I say something that someone finds hurtful to them, then to like look and we're like, OK, is it, how difficult would it be for then me to, to then change mm-hmm. the phrasing that I'm using or mm-hmm. to change my way of you know looking at, at the world? Yep. And things are moving so very, very fast. Um, yes. Yeah. And we're none of us is omnipotent. We don't have endless time and bandwidth to deal. With. I mean, so we're, we're, we're just we're learning as we go along. Right. We're all we're all learning as we just go along. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely a very human process. Um, I always, <laughs> I'm always looking ahead. I'm always thinking like, what are we going to do? How are we going to look back on this 20 years from now? What, what's going to, what's going to stand out as, um, you know, as something, as something that's sort of, um, correct and true and permanent and mm. what's going to, what's going to seem ephemeral, what's going to seem really wrong headed, oh, yeah. you yeah. know, what's going to seem really short sighted. Um, yeah. And it's, I mean, we're certainly going to 20 years from now, we're going to be looking back on this time with a, a ferociously critical eye. <laughs> 20 years from now, like, yeah. What were we thinking? Right. What the <laughs> hell happened? Um, but yeah, so there's always this, this side of me that's always trying to kind of like cut through all the clutter and cut through all the crap and just, oops, oh my God, I just knocked over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to cut through all that. I'm going to cut through all this equipment and just yeah. knock it to the floor. Um, yeah, and, and just and just try and get some kind of clarity. Um, I always return to kind of like basic principles. I, I just, I believe that basic notions of human dignity and bodily integrity and sexual autonomy and mm. truthfulness are... are even even as we combat these forces, they're always going to resurface. They're always going to regenerate. They're, there's you know it, it may look different in different eras and stuff like that, but um, th- that we're always going to return to that, even as people, you know, even as there are these forces that try to corral that or yes. harness it or or, or exploit it. Um, but yeah, it's going to be I. I the backlash to this backlash is going to be very interesting. That's all I'm saying. Mm, backlash to this backlash. Well, I feel like Which, we're I feel like yeah. we're dealing. I feel like we're yes. living in a backlash right now. Right, right, right. And there'll right. be a backlash to this backlash. Yes, right. Yes, so yes. what's that going to like? It's like the pendulum swinging. Exactly. I mean, similar to I know there was a book called Backlash that was mm-hmm. written about like um, in the 1980s when mm-hmm. with the women's rights yeah. movement and Naomi, how Naomi, 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 I can't say her name. Naomi Wolf. I got to <laughs> like spit it out. The uh, yeah, just how like whenever there's some progress made mm-hmm. or some push forward, then 
Lee or whomever wants to push back in the opposite direction. Right. Right. I mean, we, you can, we can say that we're living in the age of Trump is like the most reactionary, you know, backlash to, you know, I don't know, having Obama in power and having the prospect of having Hillary in power, right? I mean, like, what what about those two people can you notice that might produce a, you know, back, backlash reaction, right? You know, it's like, it's like white patriarchy just going like, I'm not going to like go on this path. You cannot pry this power out of my hands, out of my cold Which is hands. just so, just even just looking at them and those two folks as Democrats and just right. also from another side, looking at how middle of the road right, right. They, they both are. Right, and then, yeah, being epi- epitomized as the devil. Um, yeah, that 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 um, you you brought up that article, which I didn't get a chance to read all the way. Just the headline, though, is so striking that the notion that the reason why older people are more conservative mm. is because folks of color, marginalized mm. folks, um, folks who might have a more progressive worldview, don't or, live as long. Right? They die off sooner. Or if, yeah, folks with um, less capital. Yeah. Right, folks with less capital, mm. folks with less so- social capital, mm. um, don't live as long. And just thinking about just how. So sobering that is and just how the reality of how power perpetuates itself you know Mm -hmm. that right there um you know in unequal health care outcomes and and um and unequal access to housing right right exactly yeah or to to work right right so yeah it is it's it's just one of those ways when we when you get to step back and kind of look at the at the the total picture i i do remain an optimist Mm -hmm. i'm gonna you know i i I do think that the human condition is expansive in the long run. Mm-hmm. I mean, we definitely, again, th- go through these cycles. And it may, we may look back 20 years from now, and what we may actually be saying is, is that the United States is no longer a governor, a gov- is no longer governable. <laughs> that it is no, it's an experiment that has become so complex mm-hmm. where there are so many forces at work if you, between corporations and all the layers of government that we have mm. and on all of the various concerns and you know land rights and water rights and everything that is so complex that it kind of can't sustain itself mm-hmm. right i mean we would just be looking at like a crisis of this experiment and you know, we had a good run you know like you know the United States had some, like, of, some folks had a good run you know some folks had a good yeah. run i mean like whatever i mean just as a concept as a as a nation state like yeah. you know maybe that that might be the limit um, it does sometimes feel like what we're what we're really looking at is, is just th- that the the Rube's Goldberg machine that we've created is too oh. big and too complex. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, I think about that quite often. Like, how many people live here? Like, how many people like live? And then you think about for those of us who lived in a co-op, maybe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even getting five to eight people on the same page to, to agree on anything even folks yeah. who want to live together right so right. how have some how, kind of common <laughs> principles yeah let alone people who can't even fucking stand each other sure. right? <laughs> like you know we are un- we are united by by um by birth but you know not by blood on some level right mm-hmm. you know we are all american you know you know just thinking of the notion yeah. of like being born an american and you know the, not feeling necessarily particularly connected to sure. people you know who you know, may live down the street or, or live a couple Absolutely. states away or from different socioeconomic yeah. class or a different color. You're just thinking like, yeah, they're not, those aren't my people. Yes. Those and aren't my people. Sure. And like also the belief system and also like the information that people get. Like if we're all reading informa- misinfor- or information from different sources, we're going to have different opinions about things if we're not really truly educated about what's happening. Mm-hmm. I think also similar to what we were talking about earlier with like talking about like emotions and having face-to-face chats. Like there's, I feel like a lack of folks actually sitting down and talking with one another right and expressing oneself right and and 
Yeah, I think it's we are losing the capacity to listen to people who are different, who who hold different ideas, who have different experiences, and who have who hold different opinions. Um, I, I haven't given up on that entirely, um, mm-hmm. obviously, um, which is why I don't stay at home like a hermit i write books and i come out and talk on the radio and hopefully i talk to people listen who who wouldn't necessarily want to agree with me um but there's something else about this too which i think is really important which i think we've lost sight of and i certainly know i'm as guilty of this as anyone which is just being kind Mm. with your opinions right um there's so we have so much snark and so much sarcasm in the way that we communicate Mm. now and um (sighs) yeah um and I do think that's counterproductive because it's it snark and sarcasm are glue for the in crowd. It's a way of people to connect and kind of go like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, like those people over there. What, what, what snark and sar- sarcasm basically does is people like us who agree are right and good, mm-hmm. and those people who disagree are wrong and bad. Yeah. Um, and it's done with this kind of this little sly veneer of, but it, it down deep, it's real. It is just taking a knife and just saying anyone who doesn't agree with me is mm. bad or wrong. And um, there's just a part of me that you know it's so easy. It, it's so easy to, to fall into. It's so delicious, but it's also a trap where we do dehumanize mm. um, other people and and don't take their views into account. So I'm always kind of making a case for kindness. You know. Yeah. I mean, I am. You know, not and not kind of throwing throwing away our humanity even when we disagree so. sure and also just finding the root of the problem i mean i think it's mm-hmm. difficult especially if you've like i don't know if I've, I've been hurt by someone it's really easy for yeah. me just to like distance myself right however if folks don't correct their behavior or we don't understand why they're acting as they're acting then that's not going to change right right so we have, we have a lot to study. We have, you know, how ch- how change is made, you know, mm-hmm. how, how, how people's minds are changed. They certainly have been. They certainly have been in my lifetime, in mm-hmm. your lifetime. I mean, yes. We've, we've certainly seen a lot of social change. Um, and um, so it, it is indeed possible. I do think it's mostly incremental, small change, mm-hmm. when, like by connecting with people. So, um, you know, we, we tend to focus on big media events or, you know, Supreme Court or whatever it is, we yeah. tend to focus on those things. But I do think that um, the most impactful change is actually from talking to individuals face-to-face and coming into contact with people that are different than us and learning their humanity. Yeah, and also seeing how we're similar. Right, right. <sighs> For cool. sure. Well, on that note, I think we're going to wrap up. Um, again, Lola, thank you so much for being here. It's absolutely my pleasure. Yeah. I'm glad to have found myself here today. Absolutely. Is there anything you'd like to promote or address? Um, well, just, I mean, my book, Thriving in Sex Work, Heartfelt Advice for Staying Sane in the Sex Industry. Um, there's an accompanying workbook. Um, I am working on the audio book. If you like the sound of my voice right now, I'm busy recording it. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, it's taking a long time, though. It's really, it's humbling how long it takes. Um yeah, and I definitely want to encourage everyone who can, um, who feels safe and strong and able to come out and um, be a part of the um, sex worker protest movement tomorrow. Um, it, yeah, bodies in the streets, especially for such a marginalized group, it really makes a huge difference to have your smiling face there to show your support and your love. So please come on out. Wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you so much. My pleasure. 
All right. Well, thanks again so much for listening. If you would like to support Mutiny Radio, you can do so by going to mutinyradio.fm. We have a donate button. And if you're interested in having a show here of your own, we also have slots available either to have a recurring weekly show or to rent the space here on Saturday nights. Again, check out mutinyradio.fm and you can contact us about that. If you'd like to support this program, uh, in particular, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash weekly rev. We appreciate any and all donations. Anything from a, a dollar a month and more is greatly appreciated. And a big thank you to all the, our current folks who donate to the show and to all the listeners out there. So thanks again so much for listening in. Coming up next at 2 p.m. is Global Vow with Women's Magazine, followed by the Common Thread Collective. And after that, there's a comedy open mic, followed by Pam Tastic's Comedy Clubhouse. Listen to Mutiny Radio, and have a great week, everyone. And uh, just be as kind as you can to yourself and each other. It's time to fulfill my purpose. In life, we are born with a destiny. It's time to accept my calling to go on a ravenous demon killing spree. It's time to finally take a stand, fight with my stump. And my good hand Stop talking trash And kick some demon ass It is time Oh, it's time, Ash But not for what you think It's time for you, Ash, to die It's time for us, zombies, to rise It's time for you to say goodbye It's time for... Oh, it's time Time to hurt demon feelings Inside These two walls there can be only one It's time Time to fight To increase time to demon roll. bleeding Time to kill Time to Tonight. Kick you swear You will Eating die By the saw or the gun It's time to Time to harass There's not a dead-eyed I can't handle When danger calls, you must have the balls of an ox or a bear or any large mammal Yeah, it's time for you Is that so? It's time for us I think no
Okay, talk to me about the future of Public Enemy. Future of Public Enemy got us. Brothers and sisters! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? 
are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. 
You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. We've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Uh, Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always five bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches hitting switches going back to riches. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. 
I love their, their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bear exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia.